Join the big show Monday, September 2nd at Wasatch Front Kia for the massive mega tent sales event with over 1,000 new and used cars to choose from with rock bottom price and plenty of jazz swag to give away. DJ and PK, it's time now to talk a little college football with Riley Jensen, our college football insider. He comes to us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Riley, good morning. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's the countdown. We are almost to kickoff. We're almost there. And it begs the question, are we about to see a historic football season for the Utes? Or there's been too much buildup, too many people making outrageous predictions, and the, the, the goal line's been set way, way too far in front of this team. Well, I'm 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 interested to see how they react to this. I I, I it's just really hard for me. It, it's been really interesting to see the reaction of fans. I mean, right now I feel like BYU fans are super quiet because just the the possibility or the thought of losing nine games in a row is just like overwhelming. And then it's been interesting because if I even hint that maybe the Utes aren't going to the playoffs. I, I've never seen Utah fans so sensitive in my entire life. Like, I, Oh, that's I important, people. Riley. Uh-huh. That's important What's you bring that? that up. That's funny you bring that up because we just got a passionate listener, Jeff Dart, said text uh, tweeted us, says it's too late now since the season starts tomorrow, but if PK and DJ could show a little less displeasure and annoyance that Utah is getting preseason hype na- nationally, that would be great. So... Here's a diehard fan he's communicated with as many times. I respect his passion for sure. And he's calling us out on the very thing that you just said about them being sensitive to the hype. And certainly we don't mind the hype, although naturally I'll come clean. If, if most of the crowd is going the direction this way, I'm going to look to go that way. That's just who I am. Everybody knows that. But it's almost like they're, they're uneasy with all the hype. I, I I totally think so. I've it's been very very interesting to me. I've never I've never thought of Utah fans as a little bit sensitive. I mean, I mean last week DJ DJ and PK we were on the show. All we said was pump the brakes. We didn't say hey these guys can't be good. Exactly. And I couldn't I couldn't believe the reaction. <laughs> and and I couldn't believe like the audacity to say something like that. And and it just makes me think that hey look they haven't really been here before. Um, this is this is all new territory, and it's a little bit nerve wracking for some of the fans and for some of the people. It doesn't mean I, I I'm I think that after this first week, we're going to have a really good indicator as to where these teams are, and I'm I'm excited to see where they are. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be hard fought, and I'm just excited to see. I, I'm so just anticipating the season. It's making me think that I actually really enjoy the rivalry first week because I'm like, come on, can it just be tonight? Can we just watch it? Let's get this. Let's get it on. And I'm sure that I'm sure the players are thinking the same thing. I'm sure the coaches are. I know the fans are. Let's just get this game going so we can figure out where we stand and so we can make some analysis so we can see what's going on with these teams. Because at this point, I'm tired of talking about it. I can't even imagine how how much the players are tired of talking about it. 
Riley, join us here. Riley Jensen, join us, our college football insider. So if it's time to pump the brakes, the number one worry for the Utes, amidst all the good news and all that, you know, the D-line's going to be awesome and the defensive backfield ought to be awesome. Nobody's debating that. What's the one thing you're watching to check out because you're really not sure it's good enough to fulfill the highest expectations? Well, I think just even early on in the game, and I and I feel like this is an offensive coordinator too, you, you get a real feel and you get a quick observation as to whether your team's going to be moving the ball by the push that your offensive line gets or your defensive line gets. Like just right there in the trenches, right from the beginning, I'm interested. I'm actually more interested in the matchup between the University of Utah's offensive line and BYU's defensive line to see how that looks tomorrow than I am. I, I mean, both the offensive line for BYU and the defensive line for Utah are getting tons of hype. I'm excited to see or anticipating what's going to happen on the on the other side. In other words, the University of Utah's offensive line versus the defensive line for BYU to see if they're going to be able to move the ball. And you kind of get this feel as an offensive coordinator, like, okay, look, we're going to be okay today. We're going to be able to keep the whole playbook in because we're able to run this play and we're able to run this play and we were able to run this formation and they gave us this look. So early in the game, you're going to get a feel as to whether these teams can move the ball or not. And, and I think for me, for me, the University of Utah, if, if their offensive line is good and Tyler Huntley is put in good situations like I think he will be um, by, by Andy Ludwig, then I think this could be a big season for the University of Utah. Because, and, and, and if they don't play well, here's, here's where I'm worried about the U. I, I think it's impossible for the University of Utah to replicate what they've done in special teams over the last three, four years. It's been an unbelievable run. It doesn't mean that they won't be good. It doesn't mean that they won't be solid. It's just they're not going to be able to use special teams as a weapon like they have over the past three or four years. So I think there's going to be just a little bit of drop-off on special teams. And I think that the offense, if they're good enough, they can make up for some of that drop-off. But they're definitely going to have to be better offensively than what they've been, and they're definitely going to have to be really good at the quarterback position. And I think playing good at the quarterback position has a lot to do with the offensive line, and it has to do with the coach putting the quarterback in good situations to throw the ball. How much of the playbook do you think both teams will have at their disposal in game one versus what they would do the rest of the season? I actually, I, I actually hate that phrase when a coach is like, well, we have the full playbook in that. Now, I don't know a coach that's worth his salt that doesn't have a whole playbook in by the first game. But, but what I think is what they're really trying to say or what, what, what they're really trying to evolve to is that quarterbacks, for example, they, if they're younger, like if you, if you have a senior quarterback and an experienced quarterback like Tyler Huntley, there's more to your playbook that's in in the sense that if I'm playing quarterback and I'm young, I'm normally going from like read one to read two, and that's about as far as I get. The more seasoned and the more experience you get with a quarterback, you can now get to your third and fourth reads, and that's where offenses become really dangerous and you feel like you have your whole playbook in. And so to me, like that whole statement like, well, we just don't even have our whole playbook in, blah, 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 yada, 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 is, is kind of like a, a coach speak type, type thing more than it is. 
Like the whole playbook's in. It's the nuances of offense and hitting the third and fourth options or a quarterback being able to come up to the line of scrimmage and you've got a play called to the left, a run play called to the left, and there's like five guys on defense to the left and there's only like three to the right and just making that switch. That's the advancement of the offense. That's where you feel like you have the whole playbook in because you have a guy that can get you into a good play. So the only thing that I can think of where maybe the playbook gets cut in half really quick is, you know, I have a first nine plays that I call. I try and figure out uh, a lot of things based on what the defense is lining up to different formations, how they're going to react to certain things. And then when we run the ball, you can definitely feel in those first nine plays, whether you have a push or whether you're able to like hit some seams with some different run game type things. Then at that point, you can kind of feel like, okay, in this formation, this formation, and this formation is all in. And then you might take out two formations because you're like, I just don't like the look and I don't like the feel of like what's going on because that those plays just didn't feel right. And so you might throw out 40% of your playbook at the middle of the game. That doesn't mean you throw out your game plan. It just means that the other 60% is going to be more successful for you based on those first nine plays. So when, when people talk about having the whole playbook in, I, I, I mean, if there's really coaches out there that don't have their whole playbook in, that, that's disturbing to me. Because why wouldn't you have all your plays at your disposal? The question mark is, is are we nuanced enough to actually get to to an advanced set of plays that, that I can hit my third and fourth option on. Zach Wilson looked looked good the second half of last season in some of the games. Some of the games he struggled a little bit in, but he was definitely picking up speed at the end. But they made sure that he didn't start and play against the toughest opponents, the front end of the schedule, the Power 5 teams. How big a step up is it for him to play those teams this year, and how much can we just look at what he was doing at the end of the year and then look at this and think, ah, no problem, including the Utah game at the end of the year. Well, I could tell you this. Um, as a guy who played a, a lot of what, what they called money games at the first of the season, it's tough. It's, it's tough to play against those really good teams early. You're trying to get your timing. You're trying to, to make sure that you're as accurate as possible, that you that you have the nuances of that offense, but – when you're playing against big teams that are loaded at the front of the year, it's it's a different ball game. And so Zach's going to have some growing pains that way. I think the one game last year that, that showed me that it didn't really matter whether it was a, a P5 team or not was the University of Utah game. And I thought, I thought Zach played really, really well in the University of Utah game at certain points, and I thought he made some big mistakes at certain points. And so – I think the biggest thing about playing against P5 teams and playing against good teams is you've got to play mistake-free. And there's a real fine line, in my opinion, psychologically with a quarterback between telling him not to turn the ball over and also to have him you know, kind of have that attacking attitude that you need to be able to throw touchdowns and to be able to attack the end zone when you're, in the, when you're inside the red zone and trying to, to score touchdowns. And so there's this there's this delicate, you know, push and pull that you have on the quarterback position. And, and that push and pull becomes even more delicate in a P5 type game because those mistakes can really cost you if you're, if you're playing in a P5 game to me. And, and, you know, some people make the argument against me, well, he threw that P5 
pick six last year to Blackman, and then they went down and scored the next drive. Well, yeah, but it did flip the momentum. Like, the offense for Utah kind of woke up. It was kind of like, okay, these guys aren't going to play perfect football all day. And so even though BYU answered, I, I really do feel like that was a momentum play. And those are the type of plays that you have to eliminate when you're playing against really good teams. And, and Utah has a really good defense perennially. This is going to be a tough test for Zach Wilson. And we'll see how good he is and how much he's improved in this game. You know Ludwig pretty well. I remember when you were telling me when Kyle gets a head coaching job, Andy Ludwig's going to be his coordinator, and you were absolutely right. With that in mind, I'm going to use the word allow. How much do you think Ludwig will allow Tyler Huntley to run the ball? Sorry, I didn't hear that part. To to what? The ball? To, To run the ball. Ooh, that's an interesting scenario. I think based on what I know of Ludwig, he's he's going to be much more limited in the way that he runs Huntley with the ball. But I but I do think that he will give him lots of opportunities to have a run pass option in the sense of a bootleg here and there or a rollout here and there where if 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 he doesn't like what he sees downfield, it gives him the opportunity to run the ball. Um, I don't think you'll see as many type of of read option type plays where he's reading a defensive end and he either hands it off to Moss or the defensive end crashes and so he ends up carrying them off. I don't think you'll see that as much, but I would anticipate that you would see five to eight run pass option type plays where he's where he's rolling out in some sort of fashion and he can either run the ball or throw the ball because he's very, very athletic. <laughs> I do think, though, with Tyler Huntley, and we talked about this last year, and even though he got hurt on a play that was kind of in the pocket, it wasn't as big of a deal, you have to limit your quarterback's runs to to four to eight total in a game, and that includes scrambles, right? Because if you start getting up over eight plays where he's taking legitimate hits, and I, you know, the, the thing that I, that I remember – from and I don't remember a lot because you know CTE and concussion and stuff. But when you, when the thing that I remember about Division One football is you, the difference between college football and high school football is like you'll have maybe two, three hits a game in high school where you're like, oof, like I felt that one. Like there was some energy that left my body. Literally every time I got hit in college, I felt like energy left my body. It felt like every single hit hurt my feelings, regardless of how big or how small it looked. And so when the cumulative effect of 8, 10, 15 carries a game starts to happen to a quarterback, your body just doesn't recover the way that it should. And so now you start to accumulate five, six games of hits. And then all of a sudden it seems like a a rather benign hit, you know, in the Arizona State game will take you out. And you're just like, wow, I did not expect that to be the play that knocked him out. But there's a cumulative effect over the over the year of how many times a quarterback gets hit. And I think Andy knows that, and I think he'll be really smart about the way he uses him in the run game. So when it's all said and done, Riley, everybody wants a prediction out of you. What do you think? Um, I'm, I'm predicting another close game. I think it's going to be a little bit ugly. I think the Utes win ugly. Um and there's going to be flashes for both teams where you feel really, really good about your team, uh, where you feel like, oh, my gosh, 
this could be a really fun season. And I think BYU is going to be much better this year than anybody anticipated. I think the Utes win a close one. I'm, I'm thinking like a 28-21 score and that, that, that it comes down to three or four plays that are really, really big. And it's going to be a really fun rivalry game. And, the, and, the, and that's the way that I, that I think it will play out. It's hard for me to pick against the Utes right now until BYU shows me that they can overcome the psychology of wins in a row against them. I think, I think, I think that's a lot heavier than anyone anticipates. Um, I will say that, that the one thing that I've been thinking about that, that gives you hope if you're a BYU player or a BYU fan is I, I really feel like Aaron Roderick understands the defense for the University of Utah, and he's had years and years of calling plays against him in the spring, understanding what they try to do, and I think he's going to be able to score points on this defense just because he understands what they're going to try to do to him. And if they get hot and they start to feel a little bit of confidence early in the game, it could cause problems for the University of Utah. So I'm not totally convinced with my prediction of the U um, in the sense that I think I, I really feel like A-Rod is, is, is an X factor. I thought he called a great game against them last year, and they had a real chance to win that game, and I think it's going to be some of the same again this year. Got your Aggies beating Wake Forest? Well, I was all about it until you pulled out your two time zone thing again on me, and uh, you get me all freaking twisted up. PK, how am I supposed to react to that? Well, then just have the Aggies land in Oklahoma and spend some time there, and then it'll only be one time zone. We've solved that. (laughs) There you go. There you go. No, I mean, mean, there's some real – ever since you – I, I can't remember the first time we talked about it. It might have been the first time I did Aggie Under the Bleacher with you like 15 years ago. There's been – every time I notice that. And so I'm, I'm a little bit – I'm a little bit uh, nervous about predicting the Aggies. But I'm going with the Aggies in a close one because of Jordan Love. And I think he's going to make some plays with his arms and his feet that, that can beat uh, an average to below average ACC team on the road. Thanks, Riley. We appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, guys. You guys are the best. I appreciate you having me on.